1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. Andrew McCarran, he's a professor at Trinity School in Manhattan. He's the faculty; he's on the faculty there, and he's the head of the Religion, Philosophy, and Ethics department. So imagine, we had nothing to talk about. Uh, what's really uh, important, though, is that what we did talk about was not really religion, philosophy, or ethics. In a sense, I suppose we talked about Bob Dylan and about Andrew's new book, *Light Come Shining*, subtitled *The Transformations*. Of Bob Dylan I'll read a little quote here a quote a new biography of Bob Dylan that looks at turning points uh, and transformation transformations in Dylan's life close quote we talk uh, a little bit about bob dylan's uh humanity about his 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 youthful uh edge uh, and his you know, desire for social and political change of, of various sorts, and of course about his transformations. I love, I love Andrew's notion of this world-weary quality. We talk about the blood of the land being in his voice and about the immediacy of his work and how it can apply uh, to pretty much everything. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, stay tuned. Andrew McCarron coming up. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my own speaking, writing, and podcasting, rabble.ca. Um, you can find out more information about booking me to speak. And also, if you really want to support the work I'm doing, uh, which seems to be the way things are going on these podcasts, uh, you can do that through patreon.com. Andrew McCarron, coming right up. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very uh, special guest today uh, out of uh, New York City, uh, I, I believe in Manhattan, actually. Andrew McCarran is here with us today. He's on faculty at uh, Trinity School in Manhattan and he's the head of the religion philosophy and ethics department and we're here today to talk about his new book. Andrew, thank you for taking the time to to uh, spend with us today.
2: David, it's an absolute pleasure. Happy to be um, speaking to you.
1: So the book the book's called Light Come Shining: The Transformations of Bob Dylan. I uh, I read the first review uh, several weeks ago, uh, and was immediately uh, not only interested but intrigued. I've been a fan of Bob Dylan's for years. I wouldn't call myself a crazy fan, Andrew, but but definitely. Uh, kind, I mean, Dylan kind of introduced me to music. My brother was uh, and is still three years older than I am, and I remember being quite young and and the cassette tapes of Bob Dylan uh, and, and 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 Simon and Garfunkel. I
2: had parallel experiences. I have a similar set of memories from my my older brother.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, the, the Simon and Garfunkel album was Wednesday morning, uh, 3 a.m. and I think it was a greatest sort of hits compilation of 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 Dylan's that that we that we listened to and then of course kind of went with Bob through his you know his Christian phase and then kind of coming out of that and and kind of his own transformation and that's kind of I think maybe that's what what caught my eye your subtitle the transformations of Bob Dylan so so are you, you've been a Dylan fan for years yeah yeah
2: you know, I I have have but um you mentioned crazy fans um there are a lot of those um who know everything about the guy who have listened to um every outtake um who know the the entire discography right um i, I yeah you know, i like you, I was certainly aware of Bob Dylan um through my through my older brother and my my, my parents but I didn't really start listening to him. You know, I, I think it was probably at some point after um, I graduated college. So let's see, that would be, I graduated college in na- the late 90s. Okay. So it, maybe around 19, 1999, I had been given um, an, an album um, from, let's see, I guess it was from the, the late 1980s, uh, Okay. which I write about in the book called Oh Mercy. I don't know if you're familiar with it
1: i'm I'm actually not I hate to say it, but I'm not familiar with it.
2: yeah well you know i I, I don't think um everyone has heard of this album, but it's a fantastic album and um there was one song in particular um called um most of the time on on the album and i I remember clearly driving with um with a few friends from a hike. In the Catskill Mountains of, uh, New York state, uh, and just responding to the world weary quality of, um, Dylan's voice. Mm. There was something, there was something just so Mm. unmistakably human about it that I was, I was drawn in, uh, immediately. And at that point, at that point, I started, um, really listening to, uh, to Bob Dylan, but but I got into um, I would would all refer to provisionally as um, as later Dylan first. Okay, and then gradually um, made my way back to the, uh, the, the the classic the classic albums of of the mid nineteen sixties Highway One Highway sixty one Revisited Blonde and Blonde Unblonde, so on and so
3: forth. Right,
1: right. Uh,
2: you know, I start, I started at a at a, at a later point of, of of.
1: So you were you were a late convert. I think so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just punched up Oh Mercy and you know what as soon as I saw the album artwork I kn- I do know the album that's the album with Everything is Broken on it uh, and, and, yeah
3: precisely yeah
1: and I do know the song most of the time so that might have been one of the sort of the last Albums that I bought of of Dylan's before, sort of not okay. moving on, but just uh, I joke with people and say the last record I bought was the Joshua Tree by U two. You know, I've well. i you know I've been <laughs> what was that eighty seven I think. Uh, or, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not quite uh, that's not quite fair, but 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 anyway, um, you know, tell me about that that world weary quality because I know so many people that just wow, that's an interesting take on Bob Dylan. He's got you know he just doesn't have a great voice, and yet you saw. You saw something so human and so uh i guess gritty would be a good word maybe
2: yeah gritty i he refers to it as the in, in, in one song um um off of the album together through life as the the, the the having the blood of the land um the blood of the land in my voice i think that's the mm. lyric yeah there's a timeless there's a timeless quality to it i, I it's it's really hard to explain, but um, as I'm sure um, you would agree, that some voices um, just continually pull people 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 in. Um, I know that in um, I don't know. Have you read Dylan's uh, memoir Chronicles Chronicles Volume One?
1: I have. Highly I have re- not.
2: Highly recommend it. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a fascinating fascinating read. I'd like to re- uh, read more of that sort of thing from from Dylan but in it he, he describes li- listening um to Johnny Cash's voice and uh, Dylan had a similar uh, i think response to hearing Johnny Cash's voice over the radio um during his teenage years um you know he, i forget the the exact language but um Dylan describes it as um a sound um it's just uh, Johnny were at the edge of a fire. Mm. And that, that, that the voice was, was, so, was so big that it made the world grow
1: small. You, you know, W.H. W. Auden says something about, you know, as an artist, we constantly have to live our lives as if we are in a state of siege. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. under attack. We're, you know, there's something, you know, and, and I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that necessarily, that sort of militaristic kind of metaphor. Yeah. However... I think I know what he meant. Is that kind of what you think about about uh, Dylan, about about Johnny Cash? Is that what Bob Dylan was sort of suggesting about on the edge of a fire? Is that?
2: I think so. I think so. Right. It's it's the sound of someone um, who isn't necessarily trained who who uh, vocally who doesn't have a melodious voice, but who who has to sing.
1: Who has to sing? Who can't yeah, not sing?
2: This, you can't not sing. Right. There, there's this. Uh, this immediacy to it, um, and I, I, I guess thinking across the art, that 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 quality I, I think consistently um, ap- appeals to me. I, 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 you know, Jack Kerouac, Carl R. Right. Emily Dickinson. Um, the, these are all writers who, uh, for whom um, the uh, the act of composition was an absolute existential necessity that it had had to happen
1: not 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 sure why this happened but but yesterday uh, my son's 11 and uh of course we watched a little bit of the grammys on sunday night and and one of his favorite bands wins wins a grammy and so i feel as if i say to him last night i said you know what spencer i think it's time we started going back a little bit and and i guess maybe just thinking about you and what we were going to be doing today i punched up Uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues and and, and the video. And, you know, Bob standing there with the cards. You know. With Allen Ginsberg Allen Ginsberg in the background. It's just too great, right? And too amazing. And my son was in. He really was. But, But there was, you know, there was this, you know, I I guess I was trying to bridge that, that, that gap a little bit, but, but he was kind of fascinated, but not, you know, not, not totally sold. And I wonder, I I wonder if that's something that he'll come back to later, you know, like that, that, you know, you talk about that, 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 uh, what was the phrase you used? The world, the world weary quality, you know, know, that, that, you know, and, and, and it's a part of all art, it seems to me. Right. I mean, you you could you could say that there's a there's this you know you, you know a great painter can't not paint a great writer can't not write, you know that there's a desire there's a need there's a there's a there's a, a must to quality about it.
2: Yeah, and, and maybe w- w- when it comes to um, that world weary quality in, in your son Spencer, who you mentioned was Eleven.
3: Eleven. and
2: maybe maybe we need we need a little experience um, under right. our belt right to 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 understand what's at stake and yeah happening. it's good and yeah that, that's that's what i would suggest and I, I think that i think that's probably why i um i really um began leaning into um dylan's work when i did you know early twenties as opposed to earlier where where i think that my aesthetic tastes were um had less of that, that, that gritty quality.
1: Is there, is there a sense in which, so I, I watched the video last night with Spencer. I mean, there's a sense, you know, you, you, I, I would so love to hang out with Dylan and, and chat to him and, and, and go a little deeper. I mean, even even at that young age, I get the sense that there was something really um, hmm. deep and substantive, and I don't know, maybe a, a, was there a brokenness there that that was feeding into... His like, I just kind of wonder why there was such a depth for, for him at such a young age.
2: Yeah, that's that's a um, that that's a fascinating um, observation. I know that um, the, I know that in all the reading of the the various interviews in, in, that I did in preparation for writing "Light like, Light like Comes Shining." And my goodness, um, there's a lot out there for, for someone who has a reputation for not wanting to talk to journalists. I mean, you'd be surprised how how many interviews Dylan. it. <laughs> right. You know, right. I I had to. I, it's probably in the thousands of, of wow. pages, but but one thing that was um, um that consistently came came up when um Bob Dylan was reflecting upon his um his younger years, and this is something that he also writes about in in Chronicles, um, Volume One, is um his his sense that the the end of end of time, the end of history was um in fact um imminent hmm. and that there was uh seriously a, a finite space of, uh, of 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 living for him to try to actualize um himself and uh, you, you know you might be wondering well why did he feel that the um history was coming to an end well, it was because he you know he came of he came of age. During the Cold War, um, mm. and you know, he, he writes and, and, and sings and talks talks about um, the the apocalyptic anxiety um, that that maybe deepened him on some level, um, rattled him existentially. Sure, um, it made him feel as if, again, that uh, whatever whatever he was meant to do on Earth, he had to do as, as quickly as quickly as possible.
1: So do you, do you think that had to do, uh, with him personally? You know, you talked a little bit about what sounded like sort of self-growth and, and sort of existential awareness, I guess. Um, or do you think he had a greater sense of, of, um, of the greater good, you know, of, I've got, I've got to give back, uh, or, or was he creating art for art's sake? You know, that,
2: that, that's a, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I guess a little bit of both. Um, Mm. but, but, my, my sense is that it, that it, it's largely for him has always been about um, self-actualization. Um, that uh, he's resisted the, the moniker of um, of uh, protest singer. Right. Um, consistently through his life, um, I don't think he sees himself as as much of as much of an activist. Um, I, I think that the, uh, the activism, the protesting that he did during the 60s was was really quite genuine, but it, it was an offshoot um, of his involvement with um, with folk music. I think that, which, which of course promotes promulgates political involvement. I think that it was part of the aesthetic identity that he was um, very much um, ensconced in um, at that moment that at that moment in his life i mean there's that um this is miles davis uh, quotation that that i love i love so many of miles davis's quotations but it's uh, sometimes it takes you a long time to sound like yourself mm. so, again uh, sometimes it takes you a, a long time to sound like yourself and i think that um for bob dylan that based upon everything i've read and um, what what I've read that that others have have uh, written on him, I think that's been the the central imperative.
1: Find, finding yourself, uh, you know, uh, it seems to me is about honesty. It's about um, you know living in a community. It's about about having authentic relationships with people who can be real with you and so on. And I know we could talk about what all those words mean, but is it possible that 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 Dylan's sort of timeless quality? Um, i mean it's a lot of things i suppose but it it has to do with how honest and how uh and gritty back to that word gritty his his music and his and his lyrics really are
2: i think so yeah i i, I think that, that 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 would be um that would be appealing that that, that people would see something um listeners uh, would feel something distinctly human and that that perhaps is in, inside all of us um yeah like he's he's, be, he's he's yeah. saying
1: you know like he's saying what we can't you know and he's saying it and he's shouting it from the mountaintops. That's
2: that, that's right. That's right. That's right. There's there's, there's this uh, not to 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 quote um, everyone else um, and refrain from saying anything um, you know original. But at the beginning of one of the chapters uh, in Light Comes Shining, I, I begin with this, this epigraph from Saul Bellow that. Uh, the dream of, of man's heart, however much he may distrust and resent it, is that life may complete itself in significant pattern, hmm. some incomprehensible way hmm. before death. Wow. Uh, I, just, I find that so incredibly haunting, and I, I, I agree with what you were suggesting before. I think um, Bob Dylan um, in, in, in embodies this, this sort of phenomenon. Of the, completing, of life completing itself in, in a significant pattern before it's too late, before, well,
1: you know, before death. Well, there's a, part of, you know, there's a part of me, Andrew, that wonders if, if, if singers and, and writers and lyricists, forget about his music, but lyricists who, 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 who write so honestly and so openly and with such breadth, it's just it's crazy to me how, 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 how much he's written you know the Nobel know, seems the Nobel seems like a no-brainer <laughs> I think so too there are know, lot, there are many
2: people who disagree but I know I know, know. Yeah. but
1: but it you know you know I I I wonder you know that mel- it's almost like a melancholic worldly edge he 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 sees something that that maybe we all see but we just can't put our finger on we 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 all have this sense of discomfort with the way the world is we we we're uncomfortable also with uncertainty and yet you know uh, here's a guy who's 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 laying it out for us in 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 a remarkable and and I think melodic way uh, you know I, I suppose not everyone does but but mm-hmm. No, I,
2: I think so too. That that generative, the actualization of that that generative impulse, it, it, you know, um, is so manifest in his in, in his uh, in his life space, in his example. Yeah. What do you um, think?
1: What w- such a young age to start writing that way? You know, um, you know, does so, <laughs> great art you know, for me, it's, it's kind of great art come out of experience or, you know, it, does it come out of, uh, just, you know, some sort of prophetic voice? Uh, obviously it's more, it's not either or, I suppose, but, but what, what do you sense for, for Dylan?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I don't know him. I, I, I've never met him. Um, I, I doubt he'd want to, Talk to me, but. um,
1: (laughs) um, So funny. You've just written a book about him, but he wouldn't want to talk to you. Yeah, that's hilarious.
2: Yeah, I tried to get an interview, but (laughs) I I have a feeling that he'd rather um, chew glass than than have a conversation about his inner life (laughs) with a stranger. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great question. I mean, I think that um, in in terms of the the depth of his uh, his lyrics um, at such a young age, you know, I, I mentioned the Cold War. I think that um, his, his historical moment—the um, fact that he he was born, um, you know, right at, at during the Second World War—that um, um, his, his 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 grandparents had been um, persecuted for being Jewish. Yep. There was an awareness of the the Nazi um, Holocaust, certainly. Um, I would also mention um, point to um, the the Rust Belt of northern Minnesota, um, the fact that um, the landscape Bob Dylan was born into um, at that point um, had just been decimated ecologically by the mining companies. Right. Um, so that's that sort of the the, the historical and uh, ecological um, context um, that he was born into, um, which would which. which could certainly mature and, and, and deepen someone um, prematurely. Also, I think um, another thing to consider is the radio, right. um, the the auditory culture that Dylan was was raised in. I know that he, he continually, in the, these interviews and in his autobiographical writings, and in some of the lyrics as well, uh, cites the the influence of the radio in his um, in his life. There's, this, there's this quote from Chronicles that I have here somewhere. Let me just look at the book. Here it is. It, it goes as following. Um, Back then, when so- something was wrong, the radio could lay hands on you and you'd be all, all right. So it, hmm. there's this oracular uh, quality when it comes to the radio. But in terms of what he was listening to, you know, pop music is pop. It didn't exist at that point. You know, he wasn't listening to songs about teenage angst Right In driving in fast cars, of course, there was some of that in early rock and roll but but mostly he was listening to um to the blues to to, to, to high lonesome um hill music you know the music that came out of um appalachia um, and, and gospel these the, right. the genres that just ooze with um with existential experience and I um a lot of that was deeply in, in, in internalized.
1: Do you think he became a poet did 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 the guitar allow him to become the poet or 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 do you think he would have been a poet either way i mean you don't have to be a you don't have to write anything down to be a poet it seems to me but poetry is about observing and about you know taking it in and about wonder and mystery and all those things but but yeah i just wonder if 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 bob dylan would have been the 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 musical legend that he is today without a guitar
2: it's a great question. I I have um, no idea. I I, I know that uh, he started with the music. You know, he was drawn to the guitar and, and and the piano first, and then the the lyrical genius. And I feel comfortable, as uh, I imagine you do as well, calling it that. Yes.
1: Um, yeah. Without it, a doubt.
2: Evolved evolved um you know evolved over over the uh, the, the sonic scape of the music. Um, would he have been would he have been um, a, a, a poet? Had he not been called to um, to play the guitar, play piano, and um, play harmonica? I I, I don't know. I, yeah,
1: it's I, an impo- it's an impossible question to answer. I mean, I, it just I would, makes me I would wonder. Imagine, you
2: know, I would imagine so. I I, I know that he um, he has cited being pretty darn inspired um, as as a teenager by uh, by the beat poets, mm. in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, But let's see. He he cited um, Jack Kerouac's *Mexico City Blues*, um, Allen Ginsberg's um, poem from the mid-fifties, of course *Howl*, and also the uh, the work of Gregory Corso, Um, in particular those three. He claims to have been um, drawn to as a teenager. See, I guess.
1: Andrew, this is what fascinates me. What makes this young guy, I mean, I, I, I don't know how old he was, but he was, wasn't he in his teens when the first album came out? And was it 61, 62, something like that? Anyway. 20,
2: 20, 20 years old, 21, so, just, just 20.
1: So what draws a guy at that age to be to be, to be be reading that, to be to be reflecting, to be, you know, to be so uh, aware uh, politically, clearly, of what was going on and socially uh, at the time? I mean, lots of people were, I suppose, but... but he did something about it, you know, that, that, that's what I love. I'm always interested to know what is it that takes you to the next level? Okay. You can be pissed off about something. You can, you can be angry, but you know, he, he, he actually worked towards some kind of a transformation, you know? Uh,
2: you mean like a, a, a socio-political sort of transformation? Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: yeah. Like, well, I mean, he, I mean, he may, he may say, listen, I'm, I wasn't the guy, but he must be able to be self-aware enough to look back and go, "Oh yeah, no, I, 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 I had quite an influence."
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you
1: know what I mean? I was, you know, I, I was a change maker.
2: I think that it was the, um, in part at least, um, I would imagine the influence of uh, of Woody Guthrie. Hmm. Um, you know, he does um, cite his exposure to to, to Woody Guthrie. Um, Yes, if my memory serves correct, that would be um, during the period of time, short period of time, when he was a student at the University of Minnesota um, in Minneapolis, right. and um, you know he does cite that as um, a transformative experience, um, not only in terms of um, the capacity of what he could do with his voice. And the folk tradition, um, that uh, tradition, plural, that Woody Guthrie was drawing from, but but also the um, the activist. Piece. Right. I know right. that I know that somewhere I read, it, uh, Bob Dylan had, beca- as a young man, um, I guess at that point still, um, Robert Zimmerman um, had become tired of. I don't know. Have you been on the road recently? By uh- Jack Kerouac? Is that? A novel that means anything? Uh, no, no. Okay. Well, there's a, there's a character um, um, in uh, On the Road. It's about it's about this figure um, named uh, Dean Moriarty, based upon um, an actual person whose n- name was Neil Cassidy. And um, Dean Moriarty really uh, lives for the moment, is responding to the world, um, but um, it it ends there. Uh, there's no sort of um, Follow through, there's no creative project, there's no um, larger level of socio political engagement with, with the world. And um, I think that uh, the young Robert Zimmerman really uh, felt transformed by the example of, of Woody Guthrie and tried to emulate, um, emulate his voice, his, his um, style of dress, his guitar and harmonica playing, but, but also his, his activism. I, I, I would I would say that that based upon um, you know what Dylan has said, really was a catalyst. At
1: a young age. Do Do you think there's, I mean, I mean I I think I know how I would answer the question, uh, but do you do you think that that music, you know, music uh, maybe great art, great film, great poetry. Do you really think it does change or can change the world?
2: Well. I I'd, I'd certainly like to um i certainly like to think so um <laughs> i mean i know that um look the the songs of the american civil rights movement
3: mm. um
2: like i'm thinking of go t- some of the classics that go tell it on the mountain right um we shall not be moved uh, we shall overcome uh nina simone's uh mississippi goddamn um uh, all, all, all of these songs i i think definitely um, played played a role in in, in, in changing the world I, um so i would say i would say yes
1: I just, I, um, what, what's your thought? Well, I sometimes, I mean, I just, you know, I sometimes wonder about the whole, I mean, listen, I love great film and literature and poetry and, 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 and all of it. I, I, you know, I was with my daughter at the Art Gallery recently for Mystical Landscapes and what's going on here at the HEO in Toronto, and we just, we had a wonderful time together, and, 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 and and I think about the catalyst for change and, you know, your to, your to your subtitle, the transformations of Bob Dylan and thinking and reflecting on the, t- the changes he's gone through in his life of, of, you know, self-reflection and asking deeper questions. And for me, that's just wonderful and marvelous and all that. But I wonder to what degree most of those folks are already there, you know? Um, so, so, you know, kind of that preaching to the converted kind of a thing, you know, and, and, uh, so I wonder if it actually, when when people are listening to it because it's background music, you know, maybe it's nothing more than background music, um, but but maybe 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 it's maybe it's a little more either or than that in this case. I don't know, but uh, yeah, i just wondering what your thoughts are.
2: Yeah, I don't, I, I I don't know. It's it's I, again, my 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 impulse is to say yes, but but it, it's it, it it is possible that. Um, these songs that um, could affect social change are the, the anthem um, for people who are already there. Right. Um, and can, I mean, are there examples of of of, of songs or, that have really changed a worldview? I'm not m- enough of a musicologist to even begin to try to answer right. that question. Right. Right. But it's certainly something that I, I plan to, to continue thinking about.
1: Well, and it's and, and it's not any one thing, right? I suppose it's cumulative. It's it's great film. It's great music. It's it's great journalism. It's 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 good relationship. Poetry. It's yeah. you know, it's poetry. It's all these things sort of that come together. You know, I'm just thinking. It just hit me as you were chatting. I remember years ago. I'd, I'd love to go back and see. Um, and I forget what album it's off of, but the song "Things Change." Um, oh, yeah. I don't know, what fifteen years old, uh, eighteen years maybe?
2: Yeah, it, it came out right after around nine nine eleven. Was the the Wonder, um, the Wonder Boy soundtrack? From the you
1: know show. what? That's exactly what it was. The Wonder Boy soundtrack, and the and the yeah. and Bob. I think Bob had a bit <laughs> a bit of a tough time on stage in that 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 uh, that show. But I remember finishing, and the camera. As crazy as this sounds, the camera cuts to Michael Douglas. And I remember even then, uh, and and the 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 look in his face, the applause, the standing ovation. Immediately, there was this sense. I don't know. I just took away this sense that wow, this guy's music meant so much to Michael Douglas, right? And it was yeah,
2: dope. I I, I can imagine that.
1: And and you know, and and it just it just makes me reflect on that time. And place, and emotional connection, and spiritual connection, and 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 all those things. When it comes to a great song or a great piece of uh, art,
2: sure, yeah.
1: It, it's it's there's a bit of a mystery
2: there, it, 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 but but it certainly is powerful.
1: And I think and I think that's what's kind of for me uh, is so life changing. But when I think back on you know Bob Dylan, U uh, two, uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, some of the uh, now. <laughs> I guess I'm dating myself now, but anyway, You're like I said. Me. Like I said, the last album I bought was The Joshua Tree, so you know, take it from there. So Now so, no no
2: one buys albums anymore. <laughs> that's right.
1: Although there is a bit of a swing back, I think, right? The pendulum is City coming LP. back, yeah, to some to some degree. Uh your favorite uh, Dylan song? Do you have one?
2: Um yeah i have so many um um i really i really i like the uh song uh every grain of, of sand every
1: grain of sand yeah I know every more. grain of
2: sand i really like um i also really like uh, you know this is a, a popular later song um uh, not dark yet um off of time out of mind um from nine, 1997 there's a lyric in particular that i that i really really like and that's uh I can't even remember what it was I came here to get away from. <laughs> you know, and I've, I've seen Dylan perform over the past 10 years or so many, many, many times. And, you know, w- whenever he sings that particular lyric, um, I just feel that the words are so hauntingly familiar. Mm. Yeah, and I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that. I, I believe that who who we are um I'm sorry, that who we become grows out of the uh the crumbling uh remnants of uh of who we've been.
3: Mm. Uh
2: and I think that really at its heart that's what my book Light Comes Shining is all about, you know, in in terms of the, the focus on transformation, um and reinvention in, in this uh this particular um very well-known life.
1: So it's a book, it's a book about hope. And I think, you know, as I'm looking, I'm looking at the cover here and uh, the cover of the book, you know, Dylan doesn't look too hopeful there, but I I would kind of argue there, there's a, there, there's a truckload of hope in in most of Dylan's writing.
2: Oh, definitely. Incredible amount of, of, of hope and perseverance and the the willingness to, to, to reinvent and to remain generative and, in, 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 in a way that that's similar uh, in respect to I think um, say uh, Pablo Picasso right you know someone who remains very much involved in the experiment of of, of living in new ways from um, from youth until um until the uh, the shop closes until into the end of life yeah, that's that's something that I really appreciate about about dylan's uh Dylan's more
1: recent um, life and music. Well, listen, a fa- fascinating conversation and a fascinating read. Like *Come Shining*, the transformations of Bob Dylan. Uh, we've been talking today uh, with Andrew McCarron. He's the head of the Religion, Philosophy, and Ethics Department at Trinity School in New York. Andrew, thank- thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it, and and I feel like we've you know we barely scratched the surface.
2: Right. I I, I feel so uh, similar, and I thank you very much. Too.